Welcome to Kodachi for Three, a bi-weekly podcast where three friends and passionate players discuss the world of Wraith. If you're looking for flesh and blood content, we've got it. Focusing on competitive play, community building, and yes, going off on plenty of tangents. From our favorite casual builds to the market, nothing is off limits. So sit back, relax, and prepare yourself for Kodachi for Three. Welcome to Kodachi for Three. I am Adam Roach. I am Drayton Gans. And I'm Shay. Who's also here? Who's also here? Here yeah. with all kinds of opinions today for episode two of Kadachi for Three with rampant speculation on the Tales of Aria set. But before we get into that, I think we're going to quickly talk about our featured card for the week, which is Riftbind. Riftbind reads, you may play Riftbind from your banished zone. If you do, it gains plus X, where X is the number of non-attack action cards you have played this turn. It also has blood debt, meaning at the beginning of your end phase, if Rift Binds in your banish zone, you're going to lose a health. Has no flavor text, because apparently they decided it was unnecessary for this card. It comes in red, yellow, and blue pitch at a base attack power of 3, 2, and 1, respectively. So that's kind of what we chose this week. What do you guys think about this one? Turns out the flavor is salty, because that's usually how you feel after someone plays a Rift Bind on you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I think the art is the flavor here. I mean, you have somebody being ripped into um, what looks like a very unfortunate scenario where um, I can only imagine that's what Chain looks like whenever he dies to blood debt and Urser pulls him into the cosmos. Uh, but I mean, I, I think this is a really strong synergistic card. I, I do th love that it's a common, so we're seeing... Um, staple cards in decks, not just having the higher rarities. This is going to be a card I think you see at least one variation of in every single chain deck, um, being that it synergizes with, with what chain's trying to do, both with the blood debt and also um, non-attack actions. Um, I mean, this card can get scary. Um, I mean, I've seen some games where a few of these cards have let a chain do about 40 damage in a single turn. Um, and that's and honestly, that I feel like is on the low end, lower end of what they can actually do with a card like this. Uh, it has a lot of strength. It synergizes well with a lot of the staples you see in chain decks, like Seeds of Agony, Shadow Puppetry, Morven Skies, Gregorian Tome. All all these non-attack action cards that Chain really wants to play um, really synergize well with it, and it's very easy for it to get up to like 10 damage on the red version fairly easily. Um, but that's that's my strengths. I mean, we can talk more about it, but I think I've talked enough. Let's hear something from somebody else. <laughs> it's just I'm... a brace for impact card. When Chain flips this card, you brace for impact. Absolutely. Hopefully you have enough love health to live. Honestly, I you know, I'll reel it back a little bit. I'll say I think it's efficiently pointed and costed. It's a one for three power minimum. That's really nothing to sneeze at. That's kind of your your target average uh, curve. It is that powerhouse late game card though. So typically when I'm playing it, um, I'm looking to effectively manage my pitch zone and my deck, especially with chain, which is you know clearly where you're going to see this at. So my favorite deck probably runs only five or six of these, opting basically for the red or yellow versions of it. Um, I'm not really a fan of the blues. I think blues are pretty tight in a chain deck. Uh, and go to some of the other like majestic type cards like your shadow reverser your eclipse your tome of the arc knight that kind of thing uh, but your chain decks are running a ton of non-attack actions so if they're pitching well 
last turn of the game, you're pulling four or five Seeds of Agony just before this card all by itself. I do yeah. tend to agree that I think the the better versions to play and the ones you're going to see more in chain decks are the reds and yellows. But I, I do think we will see some train, chain variants that are literally running all nine. I know early on like that was just the call was all nine. Um, and I think you will definitely see that. So I think it's worth being prepared to like, oh, I see a blue seeds agony. Don't don't just treat that as just a one damage attack. It could very easily come in for seven. Um, like like this card can as you know, both, all of us have mentioned, get very scary in the late game very quickly. Um, in the early to mid game, it's it's really not too big of a bomb. It can be um, sc scary to say the least, uh, but it, I think, it, again, it, it thrives off that synergy that kind of the whole chain deck is typically built around of wanting to do lots of things in one turn, abuse the fact that you get to have an extended hand size. Um, and it is cheaply, uh, well, correctly costed, but also cheaply costed at one resource. Um, for its upside, this, for sure. Now, the going into the weaknesses of chain, um, which is where a lot of people have been like finding specific cards to hamper this card in particular, we can talk about cards like Chains of Eminence and Snag, both which will just kind of just dunk on this card fairly hard, in my opinion, and can actually like win out games if played correctly. Yeah, that sure. all said, in limited, this is just like pull this in your sealed pool, like one or two of these non attack actions. You're just just a happy little rune blade. Oh yeah, it's a good day. This is definitely a, a heavily drafted card. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move back here. I'm also gonna talk about the art a little bit. I had some feedback on our episode one where I was told I was just not enough of an art critic. I think he's being lovingly embraced by the shadow. That doesn't look painful at all. That's what a Shadow Rune Blade wants. Yeah, Rift Tickles. Rift Tickles. Yeah. You you know, uh, maybe maybe it's because I prefer a little more Viscerai in my life, and you've you played a little more Chain than Viscerai, I guess, lately. Maybe we're just seeing differently on how, how runes work. Um, but that is not a face that I put on when I'm excited. That's all I gotta say. Um, but sure, okay, rift tickles. Everybody has their own kind of fun. I don't think you should judge his rift tickles. It's fine. I'm not judging his rift tickles. I'm worried for him. Okay. I just want to make sure that he has consented to the rift tickles. That's all I'm. That's all I'm checking up on. Okay. I, you guys, lore-wise, this is a student loan debt, guys. <laughs> just, hey, this is an accurate a, depiction of student loans. 100 percent accurate take here, <laughs> and honestly, effectively the entire description of how blood debt works. So, for any players who might be listening, don't know how blood debt works. We don't even need to explain it anymore. It's your student loans. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's a ton else to say about this particular card. Ensure one or two are pitched early. Stack them with seeds. Great card. Great and limited. Um, I don't think any of us really have a disagreement there for a common excellent card. Uh, just be aware that it can be played around if people are starting to run snags as the, the meta shifts. So do we want to cool. kick over to Aria discussion now? Yeah. yeah. We have We have plenty of rampant speculation on the horizon here. But we finally got the big article, Absolutely. and uh, we we have some solid information and some information people are uh, surprised about. I you know? I was definitely very shocked at the hero announcement that we are only getting three heroes. Um, I Plenty. I know they had mentioned that we won't always get four, but I took that to mean um you know when a when a hero legends 
out reaches legendary status, um, they will be re-implemented immediately in the next step, meaning that they will have to add an extra. As opposed to the opposite of what we're seeing now, which is we're only seeing three. Well, um, it I looks be like clear, we're, we're seeing three token heroes. We might mm, see this something like a Shyana. We might see something like a Crucible set where, you know, there's a rarity hero in the set. We're seeing three token heroes, but... So, so that could be a spicy thing, and maybe, maybe that's an anticipation that I have for later for my predictions, my, my random things. Uh, let's just level set. The set's going to release September the 24th, so coming up pretty soon. We'll probably do some hot takes uh, as the spoilers start coming out. Uh, Pre-release events are going to be on the 17th and the 19th, right around Gen Con time. I know we're all excited and kind of hope Gen Con's doing something there as well. Uh, but previews, yeah, start uh, September the 1st. Yeah, no, truncated uh, preview season when you think that, you know, the first calling is going to be its big debut, and that's, what, a week before the pre-release event, so... Yeah. Well, I I think that's why we're seeing this um, truncated um, spoilers season, is because they want to have their spoilers out before everything gets spoiled at the calling, maybe. Um, or maybe not everything spoiled before the calling, so it's going to be like with the Wild West. Yeah, because I, I thought, honestly, based on the timeline, I thought spoiler season would start in like a week in or August. two. Yeah, yeah, in August, mm-hmm. not in September. I'm very surprised to see it um, not start mid-August. I thought they would slow row some of that again. Now, gr- granted, the set is about 20% smaller than Monarch was, so maybe they just feel like they don't need that long of a preview season to get out the cards they like. Um, but maybe they do really want people to be struggling to read those cards day one at the callings. Well, it is interesting because, uh, I mean, was it, it was confirmed that, or was it still speculation that we only ha- are going to have like one talent in this set? Because that would account for a 22% kind of smaller card pool because you wouldn't have as much as you had with the split talents in Monarch. So, so that is still speculation. Uh, it's something that I personally believe in, but it is speculation. They've confirmed that it's centered around three main locations. Uh, Volthaven, kind of a storms or electrical and somewhat technologically based city. Uh, Eisenloft, uh, which is a frost, ice, snow area. Uh, and then Candlehold, which is kind of like the deep jungle, heavily nature, druidic looking city. There's actually some gorgeous pictures out on FabTCG uh, under the Aria preview. If anybody's interested, it's in it's in that article that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. We can get it linked in the show notes for you. Uh, but those those art pieces are are actually quite nice for this. And honestly, the the history and lore for this, I was really struck at how different this expansion is from Monarch. Right? Monarch was angels versus demons, a lot of dark imagery, things like that, which. I'm a fan of. I have no problem with it. Um, but this has like the feel of an idyllic paradise set in the mountains under the Aurora Borealis. It's like I, the fever dream of a druid from D&D. I mean, who doesn't want to live at an, an endless carnival? Like, let's let's talk about that for a minute. That's my favorite part is there's literally a carnival that is constantly traveling around. And people just go, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to move to the city. I'm going to move to the carnival. Like, that's that's some fantastic lore right there. Like, I want to do that in real life. No, it's a, this is kind of more of a much more high fantasy kind of setting than some of the other, like, sets have had, which I'm all for. Also, I'm super digging that we have green, blue, and red to choose from, so I get to choose my, you know, hero and, you know, their Pokemon color. So, you know, hashtag Bulbabard. 
I, I love it. I really want Bubble Bard to be a thing ever since you said it. Um, it it's caused problems <laughs> because, like, honestly, I don't I don't know that I think Bubble Bard is a thing. But, but yes, having a nature so, bard would make me happy. Um, it actually was pointed out uh, by some folks to me that uh, if we look... Uh, so, in the article, we also got one of our classes confirmed. So, we have our new ranger. Her name is Lexi. Uh but we also noticed that uh, she is the middle skew of the three new Blitz decks. So it is confirmed we're only getting three token heroes, so three Blitz decks, the middle one being Ranger. So there has been some, uh, you know, like everyone's like, oh, it's it's got to be Guardian, Bard, Ranger. Makes sense. Uh, now, now a little more up in the air. We might see uh, some of these other uh, kind of alluded to crafts slash classes in uh kind of the lore for this area because you know we hear these you know there's shamans there's these like wayfinders uh and some other things like that so we might see kind of an off-kilter class or shapeshifter given that like the big thing for the aria region is the whole flow thing which is like that primordial creativity energy which i think might be our talent i you know flow I don't think we would see a shapeshifter. I think that's going to stay specific to Shiana um, and kind of be its own like little kind of exclusive class. Just because from a balancing perspective, I, I don't know how well that would work. And again, that's purely from a game design perspective. I could be totally wrong. They could blow me away. But um, I, I do feel like with nature being one of the centric areas, that we could see something like a shaman or druid-ish type character that's, you know, I mean, what you call a class can be realistically anything. Like, just because you're making these big phantasms doesn't mean that you have to call it an illusionist. An illusionist makes sense, but, I mean, you could have named it 70,000 other different things, and it probably would have made equal sense, um, you know, I'm not the most linguistically inclined, so I'm not coming up with any examples myself. But I mean, there's lots of different ways to name things. Um, so I, I'm I'm also very curious. And I mean, honestly, I mean that might not actually be her display spot. That might just be where they put her. Um, I don't remember there being a particular. I mean, people have mentioned like the alphabet theory and things like that. I don't remember there being an alphabet theory to the monarch. There was um, to the preview cards, for sure. Uh, to the, well, to the, the preview cards, name. yes, but not to the display for Monarch, because, I mean, it was stacks of two. Um, well, it was split by Shadow and Light. The key thing would be skew numbers, I think, and, like, what skew is tied to what hero, if there's a pattern in that, which I was led to believe there is, like, an alphabetical pattern in how they, like, put the product skews. But I could be wrong on that. I hope... That's wrong, because my bets for the heroes we were going to get were going to be Bard, Guardian, and Ranger. Uh, and I was kind of hoping for that elemental theme to kind of tie into our different heroes. So, you know, kind of like a Fire Guardian. We have this kind of Air Lightning, you know, Ranger, and then this kind of Nature Bard kind of thing. So it Because... So I think that's interesting. People keep saying fire. Um, are you basing that purely based off the red on the box art? Like, I'm, I'm directly asking yeah. you here. Because, like, the three focused areas here are storm, lightning, nature, and ice. And so I'm, I'm really shocked that they put a red on that box art. Um, because, again, their, their main focused locations yeah, are very much pretty. not fire. Um, so that that's the only well, thing that confuses me. So... so 
Go ahead. In, I was going to say, in the Guardian lore, the Guardians are actually all tied to, like, elemental things. So you could have your fire-based Guardian being from, you know, your jungle city. That's fine, because Brava right now is, like, an Earth-themed Guardian, because he sure. has the whole seismic, you know, and everything. So, and I thought something, you know, we have the red on the box. It makes sense. A fire guardian, something for guardian that maybe leans a little bit more into, uh, rather than building up and doing these big swings, it's something that's built around, you know, more mid-rangey kind of plays. Or like, maybe go again, or something. I am going to be curious what the talent mechanic is, if both light and shadow dealt with the banished zones, or the soul. So, are we going to get a new kind of zone to play with? Are they going to play out of, you know, the idea of, like, a banished zone or another pseudo-soul thing? So Which could be interesting. I had a theory on that, and since mm-hmm. we're doing some rampant speculation. Um, so, my theory on how the, the baseline of the talents might work with this whole idea of it being flow and elemental and things like that, um, I do personally think that we will have one talent. Um, I think, because some people have been like, oh, we're going to see, like, ice and then fire and, like, the, maybe these sub-talents. I don't think necessarily that's going to be what's case. But what I think is it's going to be more similar to what um, we see kind of in Ninja in the way of combo. And mm-hmm. maybe that, like, okay, let's say this is an ice-based flow card, right? Well, it might help with other ice-based flow cards. Or if you then play ice into, let's say, lightning, maybe there's a special effect. Like, it says if you're if your pre-card was ice, do this. If your pre-card was earth, do this. If your pre-card was fire, do this. Right. So now you're wanting to build certain flow chains of the elements to do that. So I think that the name of the talent will be something around the lines of flow or just elementals in general. And I do think it will have like this like charging up of like, okay, you want to chain the elements together, maybe either as a group or as a singular line. Um, to do something. I, um, I could see weaving of some kind. I mean, historically, bards in games, lore, etc., they'll they'll weave songs, they'll weave different elements, they'll weave different tunes. And so I could see weaving of some sort of the flow, weaving of some sort of the elements being uh, the case. I honestly wish they would call it the Aurora instead of the flow, but that's just personal perspective for me. I don't um, necessarily think it'll be any of those as far as like the naming convention. I think they'll it'll be something because you want it to be something a little broad but i mean still invo- i mean elemental does is a fairly broad so itself i don't think it'll be elemental because the uh kano's region also deals with like elemental stuff so i think you'll it will be flavored to something to the aria region but we'll see Spirit, um something of that so nature. yeah or something like verdant or something because like you want it to be something simple and generic because light and shadow were these simple generic ideas that kind of encompass the thing so it could be like natural it could be something like that but uh i will say so we know they're gonna there was a stated focus on locations or landmarks or whatever as an archetype or as a card type in this set I also think we could potentially see uh, the, if we get Bard, I think the ally card type will actually be expounded upon. If, you know, put my designer hat Shay on. uh, If I were designing Bard in this game, the way I go about doing it is my rare slots for Bard and then, you know, 
part of my majestic pool for Bard would be around creating these little allies that can come out into play. So operating in a similar design space, we've been given the allies with, you know, Urser and all those with the shadow heroes and Monarch and the downside to, you know, these allies, they could be directly attacked. You can't do anything contrary to the prism, uh, you know, spectral shield tokens, which, you know, if you got dealt damage, they would explode, but you know, the other auras, you have to attack them and lose a turn. Uh, so the idea with a bard, then I think you could see is those rare slots. Some of the majestics are these little allies you bring out and now, you know, maybe it's built around buffing these little allies and these little attacks, but now you're presenting an, a, a problem to your opponent where they have to control either this like growing little board of potatoes they have to fight, or they can have to come into you and deal you damage. See, so you 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 yeah. raise an interesting point there. I I like where you're going with that. I I definitely had a similar speculation on tokens or allies. Mine mm-hmm. was more on Ranger, but but I remember reading through that lore, they focused on the Sasari, or those ethereal magical creatures, as well as, like, na- native creatures. So they listed several different native creatures, the Fiana, the Keo, the Nashari, the Meep, um, and they described these creatures in a lot of detail, and some of them definitely were battle-oriented, uh, muscular, hulking, horned sheep, things of that nature, um almost will-o'-wisp type creatures that were able to steal objects and things from different people. I do think it would be interesting to see those woven in, so maybe the bard charms them. I, I initially was thinking the well, major for my speculation. I actually had a different speculation. So when I read about that section, um, it mentioned that they were like um, hallucinations of like old ancient beings and things like that, which That's made me think of illusionist, very similar to how the heralds act for Prism. I mean, they're these mm-hmm. reader beings that, like, she's not truly summoning them, but she's asking for a little bit of assistance. Um, and so, like, I could very easily see us seeing another illusionist pop up in this set. Um, I mean, I know a lot of us are expecting to see Guardian because we um, we saw a warrior for Solan, like, um, for the light, and we saw a rune blade for the dark. But that doesn't mean that we're going to stick to that archetype. I mean, we've already broken an archetype in this set by um, only having three token heroes, right? So and, what's what's forcing them to keep on that mold? I mean, as much as... So Guardian is heavily in the lore here, but so is Illusionist. And one that I want to bring up that we haven't talked about at all is Ninja. And I don't even feel like this is wishful thinking on my part, but when we talk about the carnival and things of that nature, before we only knew there were three heroes, when I still thought there would be two talents, I could have seen a performer talent the performer being like an acrobat or something of that nature and that going to the bard and the ninja and then the other talent the flow going to like a ranger and an illusionist um but i just thought that was kind of interesting there's a lot to play with in this set mm-hmm. oh totally and we could see even like a non-bard new class i mean like druid or shaman or wayfinder like all these other types that we've you know have been mentioned i mean heck for all we know the only old class we're getting is ranger and we're getting two new classes um i will say with ranger i do think we will see something that allows it to store arrows in an outside of arsenal zone and play them from that zone um if i were a betting person i do agree with that wholeheartedly i know i was 
um, before we knew that we were going away from the light and shadow talents. Um, I was a big hype man for saying like, hey, the, the ranger archetype's totally going to be a light ranger who's going to be able to mm -hmm. do something like once per turn, um, use a card from their soul as though it were in their arsenal and then banish it. Um, I, mm -hmm. I was super on that train of thought of like, that makes the most sense to me from like a logistics perspective as well as a balance perspective of not being too strong, but also strong enough to be a an ability for a hero um, and giving ranger another access to tools to use. Um, I could also see the ranger class, this ranger being able to banish things and play arrows out of the banish zone as like kind of a whole, especially with the theme of like the flow in this region, it being this like displacement kind of thing. That could be a fun way to go about it for ranger. Uh, that was, you know, and then I do think the locations or the landmarks or whatever, uh, we saw it at the fabled with the library in Monarch. We've been told that they're gonna play. They're gonna be a thing. You know, we expect them in this set. Uh, I expect three of our legendaries in the set to be locations, probably these flagship locations. I do as well. That they've talked about being the kind of focuses on top of like equipment for our three classes. So I don't think we'll see anything outside of the three token classes. So. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it makes more sense, especially with a 22% reduction in the overall size of like the card pool. It's you're losing about a, you know, class worth of cards. So we're probably looking at a little less variance in our uh, kind of draft pool and our sealed pools. A shared talent also allows you to stay open longer in draft. And it also will let you have a more stable sealed pool, especially with them pushing for sealed and draft to be you know the big thing for a bunch of these callings it makes sense this is a much more fine-tuned kind of thing and you know and you're using blue red and green like we're having like a rock paper scissors thing and now. i do think they're looking for that they're looking for that balance out of a draft or a seal they're looking mm -hmm. to make it more consistent and they have improved like honestly my experience drafting and playing sealed is much much better in the monarch set than it is from something like an arcane Honestly, even then, a Welcome to Wraith, I enjoy playing Sealed out of Welcome to Wraith, but it's mm -hmm. not as consistent. It doesn't feel as balanced as a Monarch. Draft it, like, draft's okay out of Welcome to Wraith. Look, draft out of Arcane Rising makes everybody sad. I'm just not a fan of the Arcane Limited play. I just don't. I yeah. don't virtually enjoy it. It was a learning set. I, I want to jump into some extra rampant speculation for a second, because we've kind of went yeah. around this bush, and I think it's time for me to go off on my my, my random tangent and let oh, Shay no. pick me apart, because uh, yeah. you know what's coming, Adam, because I mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, so I want to throw out the speculation, what if, just what if, there are no generics in this set? They all have the same talent. So we don't need generics for the heroes. They can all be talent-based cards or class-based cards or class-talented cards, which would open up a big pool for this whole flow thing that I was talking about earlier. So if you're going to split them into, let's say, three types of archetypes, let's say Storm, um, Ice, and Nature, something along those lines of your three flow archetypes or talent archetypes, right? And they want to be played with each other in that, that chain, well, then that gives you a drafting perspective of being, okay, I'm on nature, so I need to be drafting the nature talent cards and the cards that push more towards nature. Or I'm on storm, I need to be picking the storm talent cards that push more towards storm, right? So it would give a lot more design space to that by not having any generics at all in the set. I'm, again, not saying that it will happen, but I do think that we, if we are on one talent, it does give this opening 
that could be explored in this design space. I mean, there's nothing that says that we have to give anything to our older heroes. I mean, for the I mean, we saw that kind of in Monarch. For the most part, the new toys that are older heroes got we're not in stroke like we're not big big numbers of cards most of the cards they saw they did not want to play with even if they could um there was usually like a handful that each hero was kind of interested in and might tinker around with but again with if all the heroes are on the same talent it gives an opening for the design space to kind of be kind of crazy so i will counterpoint that like sure i could see that like maybe but uh, I think you'll still see generics in the set because generics are how you first off seed support to, you know, things that you think might need support based on, you know, what you're seeing while you're testing or what you've been seeing through testing. It's also just from a business perspective, you want a few generics in there that incentivize your person who's like, well, I play, you know, x and y and like there's no x and y in this set so why do i need to buy it cross my arms grumble grumble i think people uh, like generic chase cards cnc and light and strike yeah like you you want you want there to be like generic things for people like even if it's something like you know the rouse the ancients for bravo and monarch uh, and then you had a bunch of like of some of these like weird little commons and rares that were generics and monarch that you know let people try goofy archetype ar- archetypes and stuff. I like searching uh, militia. I play it. Yeah. Uh, Seek Horizon. Seek Horizon's a cool card. There's you know a bunch of these decks that like were you know wanting to stack things on top of their deck and things like. Yeah. Sure. Why not? No. Like it was. I, I agree with all of your points. I, I, I can see where you're coming from. It, it, again, this is rampant, rampant, rampant speculation that um, I think that even if we do don't, like we do see a uh, non-talented, like we see regular generics in the set, we might see a lessening of them um, similar to what we saw in Crucible. Wow, Crucible was a little bit different in that it was trying to support everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we don't see a lot of generics in crucible itself um and we might see a few less just in that space to open up that design space um and that's more of what i want to talk about it's like i think i could see them taking it to that extreme again from a business perspective i agree that that is probably not going to be the case uh but i i think it's interesting that like the if it is one talent the potential exists that they could do that i mean i could also see us like i don't know it depends like i kind of think that we'll see generic landmarks um as a thing if they're wanting to push landmarks in this set uh i don't know it just so so let, let's I... talk about landmarks you mentioned landmarks a couple times uh mm-hmm. do we have a speculation on what we think those landmarks are going to do based on especially based on the fact that we've been talking about elemental reactions and things of that nature do we expect them to lean into an element to buff an elemental reaction what what, what are you guys thinking here um i guess I could very easily see um, them. I think they will not be generic. I, I, for one, think that that is not the type of flavor we've been seeing in the game. Um, Library, for example, was a light um, location because it was from the light region. Um, But also, I think it wouldn't be the most healthy thing because if we're adding that level of genericism to the game and it becomes strong enough, then it's just just an auto 
include into every deck. And I know and some people will be like, oh, well, CNC and Enlightened Strike exist. Great. There are some very strong decks, like Bravo's a great example of that, that don't want to run either of those cards most of the time. Um, I don't think they're an auto slot. They're very generically strong, but I mean, even those cards themselves can show the danger of just having generically strong, high, rare chase cards existing in sets. Um, and so I don't think they will be generic for a wide variety of reasons. Uh, I do think that if we do see this like this elemental chaining, that they would definitely lean into that as well. Um, I think they will be talent restricted, not class restricted. Um, so they would be open to all three, um, since I'm on the one talent cha train. Um, but that that would be my opinion. I think they'll just be the three legend slots, probably, or legendary slots. Uh, I think it could be interesting to have. So landmarks in of themselves have downsides. So they have no pitch value. You can't pitch library. And it has no defense value, if I remember correctly. So while cool, like you have something that now can become like a persistent, uh, you know, piece on the board that can generate you value like library does. But library also has a downside in that it can be removed. And I believe both players can trigger library, they can. right? They can. Yeah. So I think as long as you keep those key restrictions in place, so... It's a effect both of us get. It's a, you know, honestly, library's a legendary, so you can only have one of it. So it had, like, I think there are innately downsides to landmarks where I'm not super concerned if they, like, put, like, two majestic, generic, like, landmarks that had some interesting, like, symmetrical effect that could be leveraged. But, uh,. I, I personally feel that there might be a generic that does something like buff overall hand size or degrade overall hand size or something of that nature. I feel like I could see that. Um, that's that's I, too specific, but I think that would be, I think that would be unhealthy for the game. Yeah, that would be unhealthy. Be, like but mostly because so like let's 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 break down library for a second since we're since we're using our one example, right? So library is class restricted, right? It is not. Or not class restricted. It's talent restricted, not class restricted. Yep. It does have a cost. It doesn't pitch. It doesn't block, like you said. It does fit the light decks because the light decks want to play with yellows. Most mm -hmm. other decks, that is not their cost curve. That is not their what they want to be pitching. Um, we see a lot of Bolton decks running mostly yellow and red. We see a lot of Prism running yellow because they want to run Luminars and get go again, right? Um, there's a lot of yellow-themed and yellow synergy within their builds, which we don't see in these other decks. So it's it's benefiting primarily them. It's leaning towards, hey, my deck is designed around this card that I'm playing. You might benefit it, but it's going to be rare. It, you might be able to get rid of it, but again, it's rare, right? It's, it's designed in a space where it is possible but difficult for the opponents to get rid of. It is possible but difficult for the opponent to use. Um, but those potentials do exist, but it's primarily meant for the person playing it. Now, how do we how do we make that fair? Well, we've already mentioned some of them, but also the whole legendary feature of it only being the mm. one card deck, right? So that's why I personally think that if we do see some more of these locations coming out, they will lean more towards um, our Aria heroes being the ones benefiting from them. And if you have that Aria hero like matchup where maybe you're on the Ranger and I'm on the Guardian, you know, maybe we both will benefit from that region. And that's where if this whole 
I think this whole like having the different lines, the different kind of quote unquote combo or element lines, um, makes it more interesting because if I'm on Storm and you're on Nature and you play the Nature location, Storm might not have the best ways of dealing with that um, because of how it's built and how it's structured, right? Maybe Storm wants to go off blues and you want to go off reds, right? Um, who knows? Um, I, I don't know exactly how I would expect them to function, but I would suspect that they would want to f go into certain stylings of deck, um, much like how library wants to go in these like these yellow-filled decks as opposed to your normal blue-red or um, structured type decks. Yeah, from my perspective, they will be something that the meta can adjust to deal with, meaning that if decks that utilize them become very prevalent, other decks will adjust to counter them. Just like with Library, playing a few yellows just to turn it off would be reasonable mm. um, if Library became to be in all of these decks. It's not at the moment. It's honestly powerful, but not that powerful. Um, so I think we'll see things around that power level as well. And I think, so Library is a weird example because it's a fabled card, and like that in of itself is like kind of a restricting factor. Collectors. I do think three of our six legendaries will be landmarks in this set. It feels like a design space they kind of seeded and they're wanting to explore here. That's cool. Uh, if we, I don't know. So do we like, think the fabled will be a at a location this time? Because I actually think it's going to be alcohol based on the famous brewers. But but that that's my, I think it's going to be the Aizen Risaki. That's, that's, that's my spicy take for the fable. Yeah, I think it'll be another like shard-esque or heart-esque thing where it pitches and does a cool thing because I... Yeah, give me happy alcohol this time. Yeah, like it's a neat effect. It isn't like a tier one competitive effect. And I think that's where fabled's need to be. They need to be a cool effect and they need to be really pretty cards. You know, something really pretty and unique because... Let's not make fables competitively like necessary. That's I really hope not. I, uh, I yeah, I agree. Um, I think it will be another um, shard hard um, eye type style card. I think it will be again. I think it will be talent locked, um, similar to how the we had the rune blade one. Uh, I think mm -hmm. this will be whatever our talent is. It will be attributed to that talent. Um, that's my personal opinion. But I, I do think that I don't think it will be a location this time. Now, if it is a location, I could see it being something like the carnival, uh, because the carnival mm -hmm. travels, right? The carnival moves around, so it's more broadly representative of the whole area because it goes to the entire area, right? It goes to all of Aria, not just a particular part of Aria. So I could see something like that be, if they wanted to go all in on locations. Um, I could, I can very easily see. Um, some of the legendary space being for um, locations as well. So I, I'm really I'm really excited about this set because I think the design space is so different. It's hard to kind of like really guess at what we're gonna see. I like that the tone is so different. Um, the the whole feel see, feels like a very 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 pivoted look at flesh and blood. Everything is a lot more laissez faire there. I know they're having changes and things are darkening there and there is reasons for strife reasons for battle but but i i just like the overall um aesthetic and theme there 
No, it's a very it's a very festival like feel. It's a very like bombastic, and that's great because it's like what they're wanting to use. You know, they're wanting to use the set for like the callings and stuff. So it really, you know, the set's theme kind of plays into a, kind of this party atmosphere and everything. So kudos to them on like you know your limited the set you're wanting to be for your events that are going to be mostly limited is a honed limited you know set that has like a festive theme like i do believe they said it was their favorite set to draft uh within the company right that's that's one of the things that they mm -hmm. said they felt like it worked the best i know there's a lot of people worried with only the three heroes but i i honestly think it's going to be a good thing so coming coming from you know uh, CCGs in the past that had uh, faction bloat, uh, it's like you you don't want it to be like we put eight heroes in this set they're all new and they're all gonna get like super you know half ass support and you're gonna be real sad. I'd rather it be like three heroes that are kind of well tuned balanced against each other in a limited format and have unique like you know abilities and it's a very tuned set because you're able to with three heroes really like focus in um i do expect we'll probably see you know them go back to doing like four and stuff um or maybe we'll see three going forward because it's like a better draft and sealed experience i think it'll. Uh, i'm gonna be curious what the fun. set after this is like if we're getting another like crucible style set because that could be i honestly hope not to an extent um it's not that i have anything against crucible but i feel like now that the game is a little more established that it's probably just not the right time for that and i, and I hate to say that because i know some people are super excited about seeing adult versions of benji adult versions of kasai cab dean things like that i honestly i'm i just don't think it's gonna happen i i think it could happen but they will be retuned, and it might happen whenever a hero rotates out, right? So, for instance, let's say um, Dorinthia gets legendary status. Well, Kasai, we might see Kasai, new name, um, new, similar but different uh, ability, right? And then adult and young version, right? Um, so, like, there, there's this... Reprint. Getting full reprint, like uh, like we're we're not talking any of the old old stuff. It might be related, but different, right? S similar thing for Ira in um like if if Katsu um, reaches legendary status, um we might see something for Data Doll if um you know I I could see that type of frame space being like hey here are some pe other people in the world, um we're not ready to introduce you to them fully yet, but here's other here's some things for you know our other versions as well as Blitz, right? Um, this is, I mean, Pit Fight, they want played with these young heroes. And honestly, like, I look at Cabdean, I look at Shiana, I look at, you know, Benji and them, and I, I look at them for, like, Pit Fight, and I think, like, that would be hilarious and fun, where it's like, you know, I'm going to roll a die to figure out how much damage I'm doing to my opponent, because, you know, that's, that's just shenanigans, right? That's more fun in a multiplayer setting than um, in a 1v1, in my opinion. But, you know, what do I know? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, a, I do see them incentivize a little bit to do something like how Crew did with like you know a smattering of young heroes because like the Blitz format that keeps like Blitz this really diverse like fun format. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be curious because like with them honing in on three heroes with this, like maybe they're you know willing to take this more like leveled 
focused approach going forward. And with talent heroes, it fixes a little bit of the problem that the you know that you had to have Crucible of War for with the smaller card pools for the heroes. I, so I will say I think that if we see like a conflicting region type set like we did with uh, Monarch, we will probably see four two and two. If we see a singular region type set like we are with this one, it'll probably just be the three. That would be my hot speculation on it. Um, three is for when it's just the one, and then four is for when it's the two regions. Yeah, I do yeah. agree. I'm sitting here nodding, and I'm like, yeah, people people can hear this nod. Yeah. <laughs> Cards will card. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's... I think we've covered about anything that won't just be us like going full Ouroboros on ourselves and like circling back and just saying the same thing over and over. Do we want to lock uh, each of us into predictions or do we just want to end with all this out there? Yeah. I mean, I think I, mean, I think I already went off on my huge giant tangent of doom that is everyone's going to come back, you know, five months from now and be like, you're crazy. Um, or maybe I'm crazy. Right. We'll find out. Uh, Hey, if everybody's giving you crap in five months, I'll be happy about that because that means yeah. everybody's listening to this in five months. <laughs> you know, a fun way to close it out. I, I guess let's all let's all you know uh, get out our scrying ball here. And what are the three heroes you think, or three classes you think are going to be in this? Yeah, start with you, Adam. We'll go alphabetical order. Ooh, start with me. Alphabetic, just just throw it out of there. So I'm actually going to go ahead and say Illusionist. Uh, I think they're going to beef up that card pool just a little bit. There's not a lot of Illusionist generics with only three of them. I'm going to say Ranger because that's confirmed, and I don't want to be wrong on all three. Uh, and then I am going to say that I'm going to go ahead and commit to Bard. I think if they're ever going to put a Bard in, they've got to put it in an Aria, and I and Bard's listed on their talent, so I'm going to I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, great. All right, I'm I'm gonna take the unpopular opinion. I as much as I want to bardy do bard things, um, I think it is going to be guardian ranger illusionist. Um, similar regions to Adam, I do think they are gonna be illusionist. I do think it fits the setting really well. Um, that being said, that feels weird to me because it'd be three. It would be three of their existing classes and nothing new, but. Maybe they're saving new classes for when they're doing the conflicting sets and they're doing the four heroes. Maybe that's maybe that's the game plan. I don't know. Um, I'm not Legendary Studios, but if I had if I had to be a betting man and put money on something, that would probably be my three. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be Bard Guardian Ranger guys. Easy. Confident. Nail it yeah. at home. I like it. Yeah. Just well, it sounds all, all... like we're all getting at least two correct, Woo. assuming we're all not completely wrong. <laughs> They're like, we lied. Ranger's not actually coming out. We're never supporting her again. Oh. Acrobat Ninja okay. is spicy gonna happen. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not adding a guess, I'm sorry. Alright, close this out, Shay. <laughs> uh yeah. So uh I guess yeah, we'll go into the things we say at the end of the podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh join back with us here, uh, you know, uh, bi weekly we've got an here. Outro girl for that. Oh yeah, we got well, so Adam, you're the one that set up all the social medias because uh, I, I've already done that for a podcast in the past, and I was happy to dodge that delegation of duties. That's fair. You can find us on Facebook at Kadachi for three. Uh, we're gonna add a Discord and a Twitter and things like that in the future. But for now, uh, on Facebook at Kadachi for three, we are currently on. Uh, 
currently on Spotify and hosted on Anchor, so we we'll, should be on everything very soon. And uh, for all of our stuff, we're going to post our RSS feed, so don't worry about that. Uh, quick shout out just to our local community here in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's great. They really support us, Oklahoma City and Edmond, uh, specifically Edmond, Edmond Unplugged. I know we want to get that in there. Uh, want to make sure that uh, we're, we're really just throwing some thanks back to the community that really supports us. And another thing, um, just so you all know, if you're you know going to any of these Rose National events and you're wondering if you're actually seeing us or hearing us, if you are aware of what our voices sound like, which you will be if you're listening to this, um, we are all members of the new team um, Arc Knights Unplugged. So if you see that t-shirt roaming around, um, it's probably one of us. Um, and if you are coming to the Edmund Unplugged Road to National event, um, we will also all be there so you can meet us there as well. I still need to buy a shirt. And off to take care of that. (laughs) Shay, you're letting us down. It's cool. It's fine. I'll I'll be there. That was was the cut there. You can cut it after that anyway. Thanks for listening and being a part of the Flesh and Blood community. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please share us, leave us a like, or a review. If you want to engage with us directly, please find us on Facebook at Kadachi43. And remember, we are available for download on all major podcast providers. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you again in two weeks. Until then, enjoy playing Flesh and Blood.